welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and as always, I want to thank you for joining me today and starting your week off with the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. So listen, on today's episode, I'm tackling a topic that I hear over and over again on social media and with talking with PTs from all over the country, and it's nobody knows what we do. Nobody's working on marketing. No one's getting the word out about what we do. So today I thought, okay, let's get someone on the podcast that knows how to get the word out on people, that knows about publicity, that understands how to get you into the media. So I am joined today by journalist turned publicity coach Dina Berman, and she is an expert who works with female entrepreneurs who are struggling to take their business to the next level. She helps them get their businesses seen and heard in the media so they can share their story and help more people while gaining more followers, raising prices, and making more sales. She has featured as a PR expert in The Guardian, yes, she's British, BBC Radio, Huffington Post, Raspberry Magazine, Business Zone, YFS, Prowess, Women Unlimited, Business Rocks Magazine, and many, many more. You can find out more about her at her website, dinaberman.com. And she also offered all the listeners of Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart to get her free publicity prep sheet. So you can get all of this information if you head on over to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. Check out the show notes. The links are all there. So what do we talk about in today's episode? Lots of stuff. Why you should start calling yourself an expert. How introverts can break personal barriers and promote their brand. Listen, it's hard. It's hard when you're an introvert. How to pitch to the media. We talk about different kinds of media and gain your brand access and coverage and her top tips for attracting even more publicity. So after this episode, if you take her advice, if you take her cheat sheet, I don't want to hear nobody knows what we do. It's hard to get the word out. You have to take responsibility as an individual to get the word out there. So I expect a lot of people to start pitching themselves and going into uh, different publications that maybe is outside of the PT world. Wouldn't that be great? Um, So anyway, enough of my rant. Uh, This is a great episode, and I'm so happy that uh, Dina came on to talk about all this stuff. And before we get to that, quick reminder that the Women in PT Summit is November fourth of this year. So grab your seat, grab your ticket, learn all about it. Go to womeninptsummit.com. And before we get to today's episode with Dina, I want to thank audible.com for sponsoring today's episode. So if you want a free download in a free month, go to audibletrial.com slash healthy, wealthy, smart. They have 180,000 titles to choose from. So there's definitely going to be one that you want to listen to. So again, go to audibletrial.com slash healthy, wealthy, smart, grab your free month, grab your free book, and without further ado, here is today's episode with PR expert, Dina Berman. Hi, Dina. Welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to have you on. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, and so today we're talking all about publicity tips, PR for entrepreneurs, for healthcare Uh, professionals and entrepreneurs. So how did you get involved in uh, PR and in publicity and helping people get noticed in different kinds of media outlets? 
Well, I started out working as a journalist. Um, so I worked as a journalist for about 10 years. And I kind of started on a local paper and then I moved to working for national magazines. Um, and then I ended up freelancing and I kind of just, um, I was sort of writing about a few different topics, but I, I actually gravitated towards health um, writing and I ended up writing lots of different health features for different um, publications here in the UK. Um, and then I, I set up a business kind of on the side. Um, a lot of journalists, I think, especially when you're freelancing, they end up having um, multiple income streams to kind of supplement the feast and famine kind of freelance um, cycle that happens. So I set up a business doing copywriting and PR. Um, and then it, over time, organically, it kind of moved into the PR coaching. Um, and after I'd, I got a little girl um, who's two and a half, so after I'd had her and been off on maternity leave, I kind of came back to my business and really focused it on doing the PR coaching side of things and, and helping people with learning how to do their own PR and how to get publicity themselves. Um, working with entrepreneurs and small business owners um, because I found that that was the thing I was most passionate about and so that's what I do now. I work with um, entrepreneurs who want to get seen and heard in the media. And you know you're sort of coming from a unique position because you've been on both sides. Yes, exactly. Right. And I had um, one of my jobs was as a commissioning editor um, for a large newspaper um, here in the UK and um, it, was, it was on the newspaper supplement and so the section of the of the magazine that I was looking after, um, we used to run two real life features a week. So they were features with the ordinary people as opposed to celebrity features. Um, and I was sent every week. I would be sent hundreds of press releases from people wanting to get their organisation or their business featured in the magazine, and I could literally only pick two each week. So I became really good at kind of filtering through what makes a good press release, you know, what makes a good newsworthy story, newsworthy story um, and being able to pick out, um, you know, what the good stories were and what the good features were. Um, so I've kind of got that side of it. And then also from being a freelance journalist, I, um, you know, I spent a lot of time having to pitch my ideas to different editors. So I've, I've got it from that point of view as well. Right. So now, so now you can... So coach entrepreneurs and, and healthcare entrepreneurs in particular about what editors are really looking for and what different news outlets are really looking for, which is important because I'll be honest, a lot of people have no idea how to pitch themselves to anything. I mean, would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a really common thing. It's really hard. I think just promoting yourself in general is, is a really tough thing to do, um, to know the right way to do it and to not feel kind of awkward or embarrassed about promoting yourself. So the idea, I think, for a lot of people of getting in touch with a journalist and saying, hey, write about my business, you know, it's, it's really daunting. Um, so definitely just having a bit of guidance on the right way to go about it and knowing what the journalists are looking for is really useful um, so that you feel like you're kind of offering them something that they want as opposed to getting in touch with them and feeling like you're having to kind of hassle them and, and you know, beg them to write about you. Yeah, and, and before we get to uh, some of those practical tips on how to pitch and, and things like that, let's sort of start out with some tips to kind of change your mindset. Because like you said, it can be daunting. Um, maybe you're not quite sure what to do. 
So let's start out with having the mindset as an entrepreneur to feel comfortable and confident to pitch to different outlets. Because I think a lot of people, if you've never done it before, maybe you don't have the confidence or the right mindset to do it. So what kind of tips do you have, do you give to your clients and to people surrounding the mindset to even pitch? Um, I think the main thing is is to start seeing yourself as an expert because especially if you're kind of, you know, a health entrepreneur and, and you've got that kind of expertise in a particular area, then you want to be pitching yourself to the press as an expert and as someone who can talk knowledgeably about a particular subject. So a lot of people have a, a kind of an issue with calling themselves an expert and it's almost like they need someone to come along and say yes you're an expert as opposed to feeling very confident about saying you know what I really know my stuff um, so I think just seeing yourself as an expert um, is the first thing to do and some of the ways that I get my clients to do that is um, literally to list out all of the things that make you an expert at what you do so write a list of kind of all of your credentials so whether it's the fact that you've spent however many years training whether you've got um, certificates or qualifications um, whether you've you know read up a lot on your subject or you've got x number of years of experience um, any awards that you've won um, any books that you've written if you've got a podcast if you've got a blog anything like that where you can say right this is something that shows people that I know what I'm talking about and that I am an expert um, so I think that would be the first thing, just getting it kind of clear in your mind and and making yourself know that you are an expert and being able to express that to other people by having, you know, what, when you write it down in black and white and you can actually see all of your achievements and all of those credentials, um, it kind of gives you that boost to know that, yes, I am an expert, but also it's really useful when you're getting in touch with journalists. You can use a lot of those things and say, well, I'm an author or I've done this or I've got this number of years of experience. Um, so that would be the first thing. Um, and also alongside that, I think um, having a look over any testimonials or any kind of client success stories, just to remind yourself, if you're about to get in touch with a journalist and you're feeling kind of nervous about it and feeling, who am I to call myself an expert? Am I good enough? Having a look over testimonials and client success stories and case studies and things like that can be really useful just to remind yourself um, of the successes that you've had. Um, and again, you know, get into that kind of expert mindset that you do have a lot of knowledge and you have something very worthwhile sharing. Yeah, and, and which we sort of refer to as imposter syndrome, right? Where you feel like, why am I pitching? How could I be doing this? I'm not good enough to be seen as an expert. And, and that can be very difficult to get around. I know I've experienced that. I know a lot of other people. You know, we were talking before we recorded. Um, you know, I listen to different podcasts that have celebrities on who win Oscars, and, and they feel that way. And, yeah. and so I think that that can be a very difficult thing to get around, but I like the idea of writing out sort of all your credibility markers, if you will, because then you can look down, like you said, in black and white and see, wow, I did do this, or I have been already featured in a number of publications, or I have, 
you know, a doctorate. I studied hard for that. I worked for that. And I think that that can certainly help get you over that imposter syndrome. Yeah, definitely. And like you say, I think it is such a common theme. Um, and it comes up with, you know, you've got different celebrities that have talked about it and people in the public eye. Um, but definitely amongst entrepreneurs, I think it's a really common thing um, of just feeling like you're going to be called out at any moment. And that if you put yourself forward as someone who's an expert, people are going to say who's she to call herself an expert or you know at any given moment you're going to be found out and people are going to think you're a fraud um, and it, it's a really common thing and I think just um, yeah getting clear on on what makes you the expert and um, kind of having those credentials and the other thing I would suggest is getting clear on what your expert subjects are so in terms of um, promoting yourself to the press and, and pitching yourself to the press have an idea of maybe three or four core topics that are your real specialist subjects that you feel very confident speaking about or writing about um, because then you won't feel out of your comfort zone. If these are subjects that you know really well um, and these can become your kind of go-to expert subjects, so whether it's pitching a guest article or writing a blog or being interviewed, these are the subjects that you know really, really well. Um, and if you kind of have them prepared, I think it will make you feel a lot more confident in terms of someone who um, is an expert in a particular area and um, you don't have to be the expert at every single thing, um, but you can have your three or four core topics that you really know a lot about. Yeah, I mean, I think it's impossible to be an expert at everything in whatever yeah. profession you are in. Yeah. <laughs> you just, it, it's just very, very, very difficult. Um, and so, yes, I agree. Kind of having those three or four core topics is is vitally important. And again, I think that starts with getting clear on you, right? So do you have any tips for people to kind of whittle down those core topics aside from, you know, writing it out or or how do you tease out those topics? Um, I would just look at the the kind of areas that you feel the most confident about and that you've um, maybe there's particular topics that you've written a lot about on your own blog or something like that um, and just kind of break it down into because I think often we do try to be the person that knows a lot about kind of every part you know say with me and PR and journalism when I first started out you kind of feel like I want to work with everyone, I want to serve everyone and um, over time you kind of um, niche down and you niche down who your ideal client is and what your specialist subjects are and what you're really good at and, and who you can help the most. So I think just spending some time thinking about those things and thinking about what your strengths are and you know the areas that you feel very confident about and I think if you're thinking about being interviewed by a journalist, you really want to think about the subjects that you're knowledgeable knowledgeable about and confident talking about, but also, you know, subjects that you really enjoy and that you feel passionate about, um, because then that's going to come through in the interview as well. So just think about, you know, the subjects that you you love to write about and you love to speak about and that you you know that you do know a lot about these subjects, so you'll feel confident talking about them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Um, now, let's say you want to pitch to different outlets, but you you may have the confidence and you have your credibility markers and you know your core topics, but you're 
you're an introvert. You're not the kind of person who's naturally going to put themselves out there. So do you have any tips on how to promote yourself even if you're an introvert? Yeah, definitely. This is another big one that comes up a lot. And often when people kind of give me their reasons for not wanting to get publicity or to do PR, it is the fact that they're an introvert. They really don't like the idea of having to, you know, be loud and shout about themselves and promote themselves. And and the idea of having to talk to journalists, you know, is really intimidating. So, um, yeah, first of all, just know that it is really common to feel like that. And that's fine. Um, and I think for me, the thing that's helped when I've talked this through with clients of mine is having a bit of a mindset shift and thinking about it from the point of view of coming from a place of service and thinking, um, you know, whatever it is that you're sharing, if it's your knowledge and your expertise, that's going to be helping other people. Or maybe you've got a personal story that you're going to share. Often people share their stories of kind of a triumph over adversity story or something like that, you know, some kind of inspiring story. So whether you're sharing your knowledge or whether you're sharing your story, the people that read that, it's going to have a huge impact on them. It's going to really help them. Um, and the reason for getting that PR and publicity is that you can reach so many more people than you would be able to reach normally. So there's the potential for you to be helping so many more people and you know, you're doing something really good in the world by going out there and getting publicity and sharing your knowledge and your expertise and your experiences. So I think if you think about it from that point of view and about all the good that you can do, um, rather than worrying, well, I'm going to have to be promoting myself and it feels a bit icky and I'm not really sure about it. I think that's when it, it starts to feel a bit difficult and especially as an introvert, you kind of feel like I really don't want to be, you know, shouting about myself and, and promoting myself. Um, but if you kind of flip that round a bit and think about, right, these are all the people that I can help, you know, this is the impact that I can have, um, then I think that really helps. Um, and the other thing that goes alongside that is when you feel kind of intimidated about getting in touch with a journalist, um, because you feel like you're going to be bugging them or hassling them to feature you. Again, it's flipping that mindset and actually realizing that journalists, they need content for their publications um, constantly. You know, these publications come out every week or every month. And so they, they constantly need content and they need experts who can help them and they need people that can provide guest articles and guest blog posts. So you're helping them. When you get in touch with them, you are helping them. And if you come at it from that point of view and think, right, I'm going to help this journalist out. I'm going to give them my expert comments or I'm going to write a really great guest article or guest blog post. Um, I think that will really help again, that kind of mindset shift. Yeah, and I, I love that because I know I feel that way. I can say a million great things about other people and different programs. But when it comes to myself, I just have a hard time being promotional for for me yeah but yeah I, I really do and so I think looking at it as I used to always think oh I don't know I don't think I'm good enough to like pitch to a journalist or I don't want to bother them or you know why would they want to hear what I have to say versus okay they actually need content they need the help. They need to fill the space in their publication. And I feel like I can make a difference for them. And exactly. That's a huge difference. And, and I think a lot of healthcare professionals in particular 
are in healthcare because they want to help other people. Yeah, right? exactly. And I think that when you start to think of it from that point of view, it becomes much less of a scary idea because you're you know that you're you're doing something that's um it's helpful to the journalist and also there's the wider impact that it can help so many other people. Right, because you know, people come to I I'm, I'm a physical therapist, so you know, you have to keep in mind that not everyone knows what you know. Yes. Right? And so yes. I, what I see oftentimes, and, and I don't know if you've seen this uh, in your coaching business now or when you were working more primarily as a journalist, but that, you know, I feel like I know what I know and, and why doesn't everyone else know this? So sometimes I feel like pitching some ideas to me feel might feel a little small or might feel like maybe it's it's not enough, but to other people because they don't know the industry you're in, it can be a huge moment for the people reading or listening. Yeah, I think that's huge. I think so many people worry that they don't know enough. And, you know, just in terms of the kind of whole expert thing, seeing yourself as an expert, you only need to be a couple of steps ahead of the people that you're talking to, to be able to be of help to them. Um, and the same with when you're pitching something to a journalist, you know, journalists can't possibly know all the ins and outs of your industry in the way that you do. And so you are going to know more than they do and you're going to be useful to them. And I think um, I had uh, a client who was a nutritionist and she had written an article um, for a publication and it was, you know, to her it seemed so basic kind of nutrition tips and tricks and, and she felt like she was really surprised that what they wanted was so basic and she was like, surely the journalist knows this already, but they don't, you know, they don't have those years of training and, and everything that you have. So um, there's so much value that you can give, even if it seems like it's at a basic level, you're still helping the journalist out and helping those readers out who, again, are going to be, even if it's just a couple of steps behind in terms of knowledge or, you know, quite a few steps behind, you are going to have such an advantage in terms of your knowledge. Right. And so it's, it's okay for you as the medical professional or healthcare professional or even if you're and whatever professional you are, advertising, health coach, what you may think is so elementary and so simple, it's really not because yeah. those other people have no idea. This is not their profession. So I think uh, a good tip, and we'll get to, well, let's, let's get to that right now. So let's say you are a healthcare professional. What are some, some tips to pitching? One of them, I think, being kind of keeping your message simple and easy to understand, yes. meaning not yeah. using, like, you don't have to say, oh, you know, using hip abduction and, and using very technical jargon, I think can sometimes be a little difficult for people, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. If you make it easy for people to understand, and I mean, that's a skill in itself, but if you can take something that would normally have a lot of jargon and make it easy for people to understand... Um, that's going to be something that journalists will want and that the readers will appreciate. Um, so, yeah, keeping it simple, definitely. Um, but I think in tips of kind of pitching, I would say start with kind of 
an easy win. So maybe start with something that's a bit more accessible. So look at um, some different blogs, um, places where you can really show off your expertise and get that experience of, um, you know, being quoted as an expert. So whether you're looking at kind of Huffington Post or Mind Body Green, um, those kinds of places where they're going to have the health and well-being um, articles, uh, I would definitely start with kind of the guest blogging, guest writing, that kind of thing. Um, and again, you know, simple works really well. If you look at what these places are already publishing, um, it's, you know, the tried and tested formula. So it's the five top tips for X or, you know, Absolutely. 10 ways to do Y. Um, they like just the straightforward how-to guides, top tips guides, um, things that are easily digestible, whether it's, you know, a step-by-step -step guide that people can follow or whether it's, you know, easy to implement tips. Um, so things that are going to be simple and interesting to the reader. Um, so I would definitely start with kind of looking at some blogs, whether they're blogs within your niche, um, in your particular industry area, or some of the more well-known blogging platforms like, like I said, you know, Huffington Post, they have a lot of health and well-being articles on there. Um, so they're always a good place to start with. Um, and then looking at things like, you know, magazines. And basically what you want to look at is, are there... Um, people being quoted in these publications already who do a similar job to what you do because then you know that they're you know that they're going to be open to being pitched so whether they have you know if you're looking at different um kind of health and well-being uh magazines um looking in newspapers and seeing whether they have sort of different health features or medical news and that kind of thing um and just looking at what they're already publishing and the people that they're already featuring and seeing how your business could fit in with that. And so let's say you're looking at Women's Health magazine. So they obviously quote a lot of health professionals. How do you know who to even pitch to? Like if if you don't know, do you look at the writer and try and find them online or do you try and find the editor? How do you even begin that process? Um, there's a couple of ways to do it. One um, useful way is to kind of reverse engineer it. So look at an article on your particular subject um, and look at the writer who's written that article. And then, you know, for example, if you've, you know, if you've got a writer that's, that's written about something um, in your area before, then you can get in touch with that writer directly because you know that there's a chance they're going to be writing about that again. Um, that's not to say that you should kind of pitch the exact same thing that they've already written about because they won't, you know, they won't want to write um, exactly the same thing. But if it's a general topic area that you can see that they've written about, then you can definitely get in touch with that specific journalist who's already written about it. Um, the other thing you can do is to get in touch with most of the magazines will have editors that look after different sections. So, you know, if it's a kind of... Um, a wider sort of a women's magazine and they have lots of different sections so then you're going to look for like the health and well-being editor um as opposed to you know they'll have like the fashion editor or the shopping editor or the food editor um 
So it's just either trying to find someone who's the individual journalist that you can see has written on that subject or looking for whether it's a health editor or um, yeah, health and well-being, something along those lines. Um, and then kind of sending your pitch through to them um, and trying to, I always suggest tailoring each pitch that you write to the specific publication. Um, so it's almost like when you're applying for a job and you tailor your CV to like, and your cover letter to, or your resume and your, and your cover letter to the individual company that you're applying to, because it's going to be slightly different for each one. So I would try and do that for each publication that you get in touch with, rather than mass mailing loads of them at the same time, I would get in touch with one at a time and write something that's really tailored to them and show that you've kind of done some research and you've seen the types of articles that they're already publishing and you've got an idea for something that's, you know, you're quite confident that it's going to fit in with what they're already doing because you've seen the types of things that they're already publishing. And when you're, so you're, you're emailing, let's say you're emailing a writer, you're emailing an editor of a magazine and what sort of things need to be included in that email? So the email is where you kind of set out your pitch to them um, and you're basically making a suggestion. You're generally going to suggest an idea for a feature. Um, so you want to give them the reason to write about it now. So you ideally want to make it kind of timely and relevant for them to write about um, sort of now or, or very soon. So a good way to do that is to look at things like seasonal events or um, different awareness days and then you can use that to tie in. So um, for seasonal events you're looking at things like and this isn't just for health but just you know in general there are certain things that come up every year and journalists will always be tying in features to them. So they would have you know Valentine's Day um, Christmas, Halloween, New Year, um, kind of summer features. So every year they're going to have features that tie in with these kind of annual events. Um, and then you've got different awareness days. Um, so particularly for health, there are lots of different, you know, national um, kind of mental health awareness day and national back pain awareness day and all different kinds of things and you know you can google them and you'll find lists of all these different um kind of awareness days um so that's also often another good way to kind of tie that into whatever you're proposing as a pitch and it gives them the reason to want to write about it now because that awareness day is coming up you know in a couple of months time or something like that yeah that's um, that's incredibly great advice and and i know at least here in the u.s i know september is National Pain Month, October is Breast Cancer Month, October is yeah. also Physical Therapy Month. So now might be a good time to get your pitches out there. Now, oh, here's a question. How far ahead do you need to pitch something? So let's say you know October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month or Physical Therapy Month. How far ahead do you want to pitch that writer to be featured let's say in a magazine or online or something like that, because they're different, right? I mean, a magazine yeah. certainly has, it has to be published, whereas exactly. online can be a little bit quicker turnaround. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, it varies, but for a, like a glossy monthly magazine, 
that could actually be anything up to six months in advance, um, which sounds crazy because in July they'll be working on their Christmas issue. Yep. So it's kind of all back to front. Um, so you need to bear in mind that for, you know, the, the kind of monthly magazines, there is the possibility that they'll be working up to six months in advance. So you would really have to plan ahead if you had something in your mind and you're thinking, you know, I want to tie it in with this particular awareness day or whatever. Um, you would definitely want to make sure you're doing that with enough notice. Yeah. Um, for weekly magazines, it's not going to be as far ahead as that. It's going to be, um, I mean, it's always best to kind of give them more notice than not so again if there's something that's a particular date you would maybe get in touch with them like six weeks in advance of the date um because they're going to be scheduling different features in for future um issues that are coming out so um yeah you want to kind of give them enough notice for online like you say it's it's much more instant um and you know you can submit something to a blog and it can be published like the next day um, or within a few days so you don't have to be as you know you don't have to work as far ahead with that and so if you're ever in a position because sometimes you know there'll be something coming up and you just didn't get a chance to kind of send out that that picture that press release kind of six months in advance or whatever um, then looking online is a really good way to go if you're ever kind of up against it time-wise look at online publications because they can um, publish so much more quickly yeah absolutely I Earlier this year, did an interview for Red Book magazine, so for the, yeah. the Glossy magazine. And I, I feel like I did that in, like, January or February, and it came out in June, like May yeah. or June. It finally came out. And so I think one thing that if you are pitching to someone, they accept your pitch, and if it is for a Glossy magazine, have patience. Definitely. Because, you know, it will yeah. it will come out. And a funny story about that, my mom, who lives in Pennsylvania, was like at the salon and just reading through a red book. And it happened to be that red book magazine. Oh, wow. That funny? That's so cool. She was like, wait a second, what? <laughs> so I she, love that. So she took it from the, uh, she asked ahead of time, but she took it with her when she left. Yeah, I think she deserved that. Yeah, but <laughs> and, and, yeah, I know it was really funny. So I think it's it's important to know that if you are doing an interview for uh, a in hand glossy magazine, that you have to make sure that you give your have patience with it, and and it will come out. Yeah, know? definitely. I think if you um, normally you can get some kind of an idea from the journalist if you just ask them, um, you know, when they think it's planned for and. If it's um, if you're working with a freelance journalist, they might not necessarily know when it's going to come out because they wouldn't have control over it. Um, but it's always worth asking the question anyway, just so that you know to keep an eye out for it. And you can kind of manage those expectations of knowing, right, if you know that you have to wait a fair few months, um, that's fine. And then when it does come out, um, you want to make sure that you're kind of telling everyone about it then so that they know, you know, to look at it and that you can really capitalize on it. Yeah, absolutely. And now when you're sending out that pitch, you're, you know, talking to the journalist or to the editor, referencing maybe some other things that they've written so that they know you actually know who they are and what they're about, because I think that's very important. And then yeah. once you're giving your, your, your pitch or the ideas, you're just writing the maybe working title you have and a little synopsis. You're not sending them the full articles, right? 
Yeah, in general, I mean, definitely with um, any kind of print publications, you wouldn't write the article first. You would send them a synopsis exactly like you say. You'd have the headline and then you'd write maybe a few bullet points that really outlines what the, um, you know, what the feature would be about. Um, you wouldn't want to write it first. And it's like that for a lot of blogs as well. They want you to pitch your idea. There are some um, blogs where they will want you to write the article in full beforehand. Um, and so with that, you just need to check their submission guidelines. And they'll have um, online publications and blogs where they, um, the ones that accept articles from contributors, they'll have something on the website and it will say contributor guidelines or submission guidelines. And it will tell you there either that they want the pitch or that they want the article in full um, because it does differ. But for traditional like print media, you're going to want to just um, give them the outline of the article. Got it. Okay, so we've sort of covered kind of online submission, magazine submissions. Let's say you want to pitch to a podcast because podcasts are huge right now, right? Everybody's yes. got one. Everybody's listening to it. So. Does it differ slightly when you're pitching to a podcast versus pitching to um, a written publication? It's going to be a similar process. You are going to want to kind of do your research and see the types of um, people that they're already interviewing and whether you're going to fit in with um, what they're kind of already putting out there. Um, and it's a similar kind of thing. You get in touch and... Um, you send an email and you kind of lay out what your kind of interview would potentially cover. You want to look at the format that the um, of the previous episodes and see, I mean, first of all, you need to make sure that they accept guests because not every podcast does. Um, and then you want to see the kind of format that, um, that the other episodes have been and whether you know, people are kind of talking about their different subject areas. And if so, you can kind of talk about the different areas that you're an expert in and what you'd be able to talk about and what you'd be able to cover. Um, so it's a similar process, but it's just, um, again, you're kind of tailoring each pitch to that specific podcast that you're getting in touch with and making them know that you've done your research and that you've, um, you know, you've, you've listened to some of the episodes before and you can see the type of thing that they're covering. And um, and telling them what you can offer them as well and kind of, um, you know, include all of those credentials that I mentioned earlier and tell them kind of why they want to feature you um, and what, you know, what you're able to bring to the table. So whether you're um, an expert in this or you've written a book about this and these are the things that you can talk about, um, those would be the main things to include. Yeah, and, and every podcast has a different way to pitch, right? So I've been kind of going through this process myself, and I pitched to Entrepreneur on Fire with John Lee Dumas, and that is a whole different way. You know, you're writing an essay. He likes you to shoot a one-minute video. and Yeah. So I think it really depends on, uh, just like with in print materials, you have to know what the guidelines are. You have to know what you need to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So always look and see if they have, um, you know, if they have podcast guest guidelines or sometimes they'll have um, an online form you can fill out. Um, 
So if you don't see specific guidelines, then you can send kind of the straightforward pitch where you tell them, um, you know, what you know about their podcast and what you can offer and, um, and make the suggestions of things that you'd be able to talk about based on what they're already putting out there. Um, but yeah, definitely, if you see that they've got specific guidelines for podcast guests, then you want to make sure that you follow them and, and really stick to them as well. Because if they've got something up on their website, you know, they've got it there for a reason. Yeah, so absolutely. you definitely want to stick to it. Absolutely. So, so it seems to me, uh, just to kind of recap just the pitching process quickly, is find out who the journalist is or the editor or the podcast host. And, and once you find the right person, you send your email, you make that pitch uh, short and sweet and full of, of great juicy content that you feel like is going to help that publication. Um, know, do your research on the publication, know who you're talking to, know what kind of people they featured in the past, mention that in your pitch. And then in your pitch, depending on the guide, know your guidelines, depending on the guidelines, you're outlining a couple of things that you can speak about with a synopsis that may include the headline and some bullet points, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and how many ideas are you sharing? Are you sharing 10 ideas? Are you sharing two? What, what's the magic number here? Um, I don't know. I don't know if there is a magic number. The yeah. way that I've done it before is to kind of send over the main um, idea that I have and then the synopsis of that and then I would normally say but these are some of the other things that I can talk about and maybe include like three other um, potential headlines so three other examples of things that you could write about or you could speak about okay. um, so you don't want to kind of overwhelm them with too many ideas but I don't know that there's a hard and fast rule I think it's just showing them um, giving them an overview of you know, your specialist subject areas. That makes sense. And would you suggest people create like a speaker one sheet type of a situation where you can attach that and they can get a better idea of who you are? Because on that speaker one sheet, you have, you know, a media bio, you have all of your contact information, some other things you can speak about where you've been featured. Is that a good idea? Do you need that? Does it, does it lend to more credibility? Yeah, it's definitely helpful. Um, you can have, I mean, similar to that is a media kit, which mm -hmm. would be something that is very similar to a speaker one sheet, but I guess it's um, kind of aimed specifically at kind of uh, print journalists. And that would be, um, like you say, you know, a document and you've got your kind of um, author bio on there so that um, people can kind of copy and paste that if they need it, um, and links for any photos, um, an outline of your kind of expert topics and the things that you're happy to talk about, um, and any other kind of useful um, contact information, links to your social media, things like that. Um, it's always worth having that. I think it's good to have that as a document anyway, because then you've got everything in one place um, if people ask for it. Um, but you can definitely have that and do a link to it, you know, in any pictures. Um, it's not necessarily a good idea to send attachments with emails because mm -hmm. sometimes they get filtered um, into spam folders and things like that. But Got definitely it. maybe have it on your website and have a link to it or something like that. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. 
And when you're pitching, you're, are you including your website? Or is that something that you want like to find out more about me? You can go to here on my website, or do you wait to hear back from the journalists if they want to hear more from you? Yeah, I would definitely include your website because I think that the journalist is likely to want to kind of look you up and just find out a bit more about you um, when they're making that decision, whether you're going to be a good fit for them. So yeah, kind of give them as much information as you can and make it easy for them. So have your website and any, you know, links to social media channels and things like that. Um, so then they can, you know, they can take a look and find out more. Yeah, and so you're just making it a little bit easier for them so they don't have to, like, spend the time Googling and trying to look you up at ver in various uh, sites, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think um, just in general, you know, on your website, if you are someone who wants to be um, contacted by the press, then just having really clear kind of contact details on there, which sounds really obvious, but not everyone does. Not everyone makes it easy for people to get in touch with them. And um, definitely as someone who's worked as a journalist, normally you're working under a deadline and it's really busy and, you know, you've got to kind of do everything really quickly. So if there's someone who's got everything kind of laid out easily where you can find their contact details, you can see their bio, you can find out everything you need to know about them, um, it's going to make the journalist job so much easier and that's going to make them want to work with you more. Absolutely. And so one, one last question, then we'll kind of wrap this up. And I'm glad that you said that it makes you want to work with them more because the next question I was going to ask is, so you've, you've made your pitch, they accepted it. How, how do you keep in contact with this journalist or let's say this blog or maybe podcast host so that you can be considered again for more publicity, for more, yeah. you know, to get yourself out there even more? Yeah. So I think, um, first of all, during the whole process, if you can kind of be as helpful as you can be and make sure that you're um, giving them any information that they need and offering any kind of, you know, links to websites or anything that they might need and responding to their emails quickly and all that kind of thing that just makes their job easier, um, that's going to make them think, yeah, this is someone that I'd like to have back in the future. Um, so definitely kind of doing that during the process and then afterwards um, sharing the article around and especially with you know a blog post as well that's something where you can kind of ask your followers or your um, email subscribers you know this is something that I've written it would really mean a lot to me if you could like um, leave a comment or like or share it um, because that's gonna win you brownie points with the blog you know, the blogger or the editor or whatever, if you are sharing it a lot and, and you know, encouraging people to like and comment on it. Um, so I think that's always an important thing to do. And then kind of thanking the, um, the journalist afterwards and, you know, letting them know that it was really great to be featured and you really appreciate it. And if they need anything else in the future, um, don't hesitate to get in touch. And, um, I think that's a good way to kind of, you know, start a relationship with someone and then, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting back in touch with them in a couple of months or when something else comes up and, and making another suggestion because once you've already um, made that initial connection, um, it makes it so much easier when you want to pitch something else to them. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. So, so just for people listening, if you 
you are lucky enough to be featured on a blog or in a magazine, send a follow-up thank you. And then don't be shy, essentially, right? You've already been featured yeah. once. If you have something else maybe coming up in a couple, if there is one of those awareness month or days that's coming up in a couple of months and you say, hey, I've got a great topic because this is X awareness day or month, here are some ideas, pitch it again. You can always, just because you pitched once to someone doesn't mean you can't pitch them again. You're not being a pain, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that when you've done like the, you know, journalists like their lives to be made easy. And once they've worked with someone once and they know that it all went really well and the person was really helpful, when you pitch something again, they're going to be happy to hear from you. And, um, you know, they don't have to kind of, it's no risk to them to think, oh, do I want to give this person a try when they've already worked with them and they can think, oh, I know that person was really helpful last time. So yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to hear from them again. Um, so absolutely, you can get in touch with them again and, and you don't have to be worried about doing that, especially if there's a reason for you to get in touch. So if there is, you know, the next awareness day or whatever it is um, that you're getting in touch about, if it's something that you think is genuinely going to be useful to them, then definitely go ahead and do that. And do it, yeah. And, okay, so we're, we're kind of short on time. We're, we're running out of time here. I can't believe it's already been 45 minutes. Um, but uh, if you can leave the listeners, let's say with your, you know, top tips for pitching or your top tips for getting more publicity, what would they be? Top tips would be to always do your research because um, that is going to help you stand out above so many other people that don't do that. And there are so many people that will send terrible pictures and terrible press releases. They won't have done their research. Um, so do your research and um, send something that you know is going to fit well with that publication and that they're going to like. Um, and... I think the second tip would be to always have in your mind that you want to be helping the journalist as much as possible. You want to be making their life as easy as possible because they're, you know, it's a two-way relationship. They're helping you out and you're helping them, them out. So, you know, you want them to give you this fantastic publicity. Um, so just make sure that you're kind of, and it's just simple things like answering their emails. Um, sometimes you'll do an interview and they will email you for some extra information afterwards. So you want to make sure that you're answering those emails really, you know, quickly in a timely matter, manner and um, being really helpful, um, you know, sending through if they need like you to send a photo, then you make sure that you send it when they need it. Just things like that, really simple things. Um, that's really going to help you. Um, and the third tip is just go for it. And don't be scared about, you know, the whole imposter syndrome and feeling like a fraud and, and all of that kind of stuff and not feeling like an expert. Um, just don't worry about any of that and just go for it because you have, um, you know, you have knowledge that is really worthwhile sharing. Um, you have stories that are really worthwhile telling. So just go for it. And, um, you know, what have you got to lose? Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I love that you said before, listen, even if you're one step ahead of the person reading it, you're still a step ahead. You still have that little bit more of knowledge in the person reading it. So they're going to get something out of what you're writing or what exactly. you're speaking about. And I think that's a really, so if you ever think that you're an imposter, just think, hey, I went to school for X number of years. I'm already a little bit ahead. 
Yeah, exactly. We can't all be the absolute, you know, there's always going to be someone who's, you know, ahead of you. And there's going to be the person that's, you know, the household name who who knows about this subject or whatever. Um, but there's room for lots of experts and lots of people to kind of be featured in the press and, and share their knowledge and tell their stories. And like you say, you just need to be those ones one or two steps ahead and you're going to be sharing something useful so yeah go for it yeah absolutely and now what do you have going on do you have anything going on um, anything you want to share uh, with your business yeah well I have um, I've got a free cheat sheet if anyone um, needs some help with kind of the steps that they need to take before they get in touch with journalists I've got a free publicity prep cheat sheet that's on my website um, it's dinaberman.com forward slash cheat sheet and it just gives you um, a few steps to follow um, to give yourself the best chance of getting good results with PR. So it's just some little tweaks that you can do and a few simple steps that you can take before you actually get in touch with journalists. Um, and I also have um, a group program uh, that's coming up called Business Fame School. So that's for anyone that kind of wants to go deeper with learning more about how to get publicity for their business. Um, that's coming up in October. Perfect. Well, and, and for everyone listening, I know sometimes you, you don't have a pen handy, but don't worry. You can go to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com and we will have direct links to all of Dina's great stuff. So the publicity cheat sheet, the group program. So if you want to learn more, you can uh, just click on right in our show notes or you can go to dinaberman.com. But all that's going to be in the show notes, so very easily clickable. And now where can people get in touch with you? Are you on social media? Where can they find you? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Dina Berman. Um, on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash bizfamecoach. So I'm always happy to answer any questions about PR or publicity. Um, if anyone has, you know, if they've been listening and they've got any thoughts about wanting to get in touch with the press or anything like that, happy to answer any questions. Cool. Awesome. So that's at Dina Berman on Twitter and facebook.com slash bizfamecoach, right? Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, and if anyone, I guess I should say, I mean, I think most people, if you're listening, um, probably if they've long-time listeners, they know, but I'm on uh, uh, Twitter at Karen Litzy NYC and Facebook.com slash Healthy Wealthy Smart. And we will have all of Dina's stuff will be on all those different channels as well. So we'll be sharing everywhere. Um, so Dina, thank you so much for coming on. These tips are great. And, and I really think that they're going to help a lot of people. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you for having me. And everyone, I want to thank you for tuning in this week and listening. Have a great week and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart.